Hello and welcome to the Rockcast. This is the podcast home for our sermons at the Redemption Outreach Center. I'm Pastor Shane and I'm elated that you're here with us today. And I just pray this, that whatever words are said or things that you hear are truly an inspiration, that the Holy Spirit works through the words and the things that you're hearing, that it would inspire you to draw closer to God, to explore your faith, to dig deeper, to build stronger foundations so that ultimately you could become more like Christ and you can be the church that God has called all of us to be. I hope you enjoy the message. As we, as we get there in Isaiah 6, uh, I, I just want you to realize something that no Old Testament book, with the exception of Psalms, speaks more powerfully and appropriately to the modern-day church than the book of Isaiah. Isaiah has been called the messianic prophet, the evangelical prophet. Uh, What's happening here, just to give you some uh, uh, precursor to this, God is displeased with sin in Judah and Israel and bringing judgment upon them. At the same time, God's trying to turn the people away from their disobedience in order to avert disaster. That's a loving father. We want to turn our kids away from disaster. And disobedience, always even Deuteronomy 28, uh, disobedience brings a curse. Obedience brings blessing. I know about you, but I'd rather have blessing. Bless me, bless me, God indeed. Uh, there's There's a song, I know it's a different style than what you're used to, and I won't bother you with singing it. But bless me, bless me, God indeed. Bless me not just for me. Bless me so that everyone around me can have everything they need. I know you ain't never heard nothing like that. I'm different anyway. But bless me, bless me, God, indeed. Bless me not just for me. Bless me so that everyone around me can have everything they need. That's what I'm talking. Okay? Now, look. So, while, and while also Isaiah's giving uh, God through Isaiah is giving promises of restoration and redemption. So that's the, that's the start of, of Isaiah. Uh, even Brother Josh was reading Isaiah about don't turn to the left or right. And um, that's just befitting because I want to talk about the call of God. We could call this many things, the calling or uh, the call of God. This is not just a call uh, um, for ministers or for pastors, but you all, we all, every one of us have a call in our life for God, something specific that God is wanting to do through you and me. I want you to understand that. And if I don't get anything across to you, you got to know that, that God is intentional about reaching you as an individual and he wants to minister to you. He wants to call you. It may not be to preach, sing, uh, uh, jump or shout, but it is to live for him. It's to raise our families. It's to be men of God and women of God. It's to be the, uh, the, the, uh, it's maybe to be an armor bearer. It's just to let your light shine. You don't have to preach every day, but like my uncle told me, may your, may the life you live be your best sermon. You ever preach. Okay? If you'll stand with me, we'll read about eight verses. Uh, Isaiah 6. And then we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, We'll read 1 through 8. If you're there, let me hear you say amen. Amen. I'm reading from the New King James. 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood a seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse 4, And the post of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And the, he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, your sin is purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? Then I said, this is Isaiah talking, I said, here I am, send me. Let's pray. Father, I just honor you. I praise your name higher than any other name. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus Christ, your only begotten son. I pray that your anointing would flood this atmosphere in this room. I pray, God, that you would anoint our ears to be able to hear what thus saith the Lord and what the Spirit is saying to the church. I pray that you would anoint my lips, that I would speak what, you would thus, what thus saith the Lord. Help me, God, not just to get on a soapbox or anything else, but let me get on your soapbox and what is your word and what you have for this hour, this season, right now. I pray, God, that you would just open up the minds of the people that they would ask you to speak to them and they would ask you to make it clear and they would ask you literally, God, what you're saying to them. Maybe that they've missed. Maybe, God, we've missed it. I know I have at times and I'm praying that their minds would become open to the spirit of God that you would be able to speak to them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Let me get a sip. You're awful quiet. First of all, let me talk about messengers just for a second. Because we're hearing angels, seraphims, they're burning ones. I mean, they're around the throne of God. They, they, they have uh, three sets of wings. They cover their eyes because they are, they are around the throne of God. This is not science fiction. They, this, they are literally around the throne room of God. And I mean, they're covering their face because the beauty of God and the brightness of God is so bright. They're covering their feet because they're on holy ground. And with two and with a pair of wings, they can fly at the bidding of the Father. Because what angels are is messengers of God. Hmm. To do God's bidding. But understand this, everything that's happening here is the bidding of the Father. As he's speaking. Mm. I want that to sink in. 
This isn't by chance. This isn't happen chance. This isn't just generic. Uh, there is the bidding of the Father. And I want you to you know that your steps are ordered of the Lord, what is on my spirit and has been for some time. And if I get a chance, I'll try to, uh, to convey how this comes about, that in the midst of tragedy, chaos, and tragic and, and events in our life, God is still intentional about speaking to us and, uh, and, and for, our, for our good speaking to us and reaching us. He wants to reach you as an individual. That's wonderful. I don't know. That's wonderful that he reaches everybody else. But here Isaiah said, the seraphim flew to me. That's powerful. It's always been for years. I love this passage. I've loved this scripture. We're talking about the angels are burning ones because they're on fire. Angels, seraphims are burning ones. Literally, that's what it means. They're, they're on fire. On fire for God, they're around the throne room. They're around the throne of God. And as they start, and they start, holy, 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 are you God? The, the man, and, 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 and God breathes, and, and God just uh, speaks, and in just his existence, the doorposts are shaken. Man, that's power. That's power. Wherever you're trying to get power anywhere else in life, just live for him. You surrender your heart to Jesus Christ. Ask him to fill you with everything that there is in the midst of everything. And God's going to be able to speak and move. And I'm praying that you would pray and ask God to reveal what he's been doing. Maybe that you've missed. Maybe that you didn't uh, even grasp a hold of. But what we see is the Father intent is intentional in, in, to speaking and reaching you. The creator, the I am God of the entire universe is concerned and committed to reaching and speaking to, to us and to us as individuals. As individuals. Woo. We see a threefold pattern here that Isaiah is enlightened. He's enlightened because the little of the scripture says, woe is me for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. Isaiah is made aware of just how sinful man is and how sinful he is in the presence of God himself. God is holy. He knows no sin. He is not sin. Uh, he, he is holy. And because of the fall, we, we are sinful. We are, we are sinful. Uh, I've talked about that before several times. We're born into a family. I'm born into the Kelly family. I didn't have a choice. We got all kinds of Kellys, and they ain't all saved. Got some people down in Alabama where my, uh, my, my father's from, Florence, Alabama. I, they have some humdingers, let me tell you. No kidding, you know. But I, I, I want you to understand this part. We are lost. We are, uh, we are of a sinful nature because of the fall. And you didn't have to do anything, but we're born into that, and we need a Savior. We need Jesus Christ. We need to be redeemed. Our life needs to be redeemed, and it comes in faith in Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, for thinking about us. I thank you, Lord, for thinking about me. I thank you, Lord. And this is our prayer, each of us individuals. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in my family, in my life. Thank you, Jesus. There is a call on my life to be a man of God for my family. There's a call. Whether I ever preached or not, it doesn't matter. There's a call on your life to be able to be the example uh, for 
our, our family. There's a call in your life. I th- I'm so thankful if I, uh, to even those, the couple that are starting to have my grandson come over and do work for them. Hey, work them. Work them. Right? But I'm so proud that you would be just men of God in front of him. I ain't talking about all spiritual. I'm just talking about everyday stuff. Everyday stuff. Everyday living. And just that that he can see what men of God act like out of church. Man, that means something to me. One thing my kids could say, literally, is that I was the same. Now, they're all grown now. But I, I was the same at home or at church. That's important. Because we ain't all that spiritual and ain't all, I don't have all that going on. But we are redeemed, we're, we're saved, and we have the Spirit of God leading and guiding us. And where we miss it, he's going he's gonna to bring us around again and give us another shot. I'm thankful that I serve a God that will give me another shot. Give me another chance. So first one, he's enlightened. The next we see that he is cleansed. Then one of the seraphim flew to me. I, I, I love that verse. I love that part because the seraphim wasn't flying to anyone else. They were flying to Isaiah. Isaiah is getting ready to be a prophet, to be able to prophesy. I mean, one, uh, if you Google it, I think the New Testament quotes like 55 times or alludes to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, like 55 times, second only to Psalm which is like 68 times, uh, but we see that uh, Isaiah 9, 6, we see the birth of Jesus is, is foretold, and all this is happening, but God, God has a calling on Isaiah hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before that would ever happen. God is working it out, speaking to Isaiah and ministering to him. I'm telling you, God is speaking to you. He's ministering to you for something that you have to have and have to need and uh, days and weeks and months from now i'm telling you you don't know i'm, I'm telling you I don't, I'm, I'm just trying to weigh out when to tell you things and when to do my testimonies and, and things like that but god that 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 that's god and so the cleansing comes uh, and, and don't get mistaken he touched my mouth with it and, and said behold the sin is taken away with the live coal from the altar of god i know that in the new testament we see the only cleansing that ever happens is by the blood of jesus by going to the cross this is before the cross i'm not trying to mess you up i'm not trying to go too deep or too heavy i think that you are uh, born again we're on sunday morning we're always concerned about how deep do we go on sunday morning do we just do salvation messages or do we do other messages that will lift you up and challenge you in, in what you believe and challenge you on, on what we understand but the, uh, but this was before the cross and even if it, even if it, if we uh, reconcile these old and new testament together, Leviticus nine literally talks about the Lord is who started the fire to begin with. Are you with me? The Lord started the fire. 
of where this live coal is made in this stone that is red hot coal on fire and touches what we know it's more likely it's uh, symbolic or figurative what I, I don't care I mean that's the, that's the hang up with revelation revelation is what's real what's you know uh, uh, figurative or whatever but my my thought is you always take the Bible literal whenever you can if you can't you take the literal meaning now that, that, that's going to help somebody. But I'm telling you, he was cleansed because a touch of the live coal. Now we are under the cross. We are, we are under the blood of Jesus Christ and him being raised the third day, born of a virgin Mary in this season of life right now. See, this has been a year of death for my family. This has been a year of death, and I mean tragedy and death. But now we, we are in breaking, ending this year with a spirit of life because Jesus was born, left his throne in glory, born through a virgin Mary, uh, impossible not to God. Spirit of God, Holy Spirit conceived to come be our high priest, born of the people. To be our prophet, to represent God, and to be our king of kings and our Lord of lords. So he's cleansed. So we see the process. He's enlightened. You and I are enlightened to how lost we are. We are enlightened when we get, I mean, we've been in uh, several awesome services. We've been in, in my life, even I've been in several to where the Spirit of God was moving so heavy and people are repenting for what they've already repented for because there's just such an anointing of repentance and there's a, such a, a holy hush over the congregation, over the people. And I long for that again to where we can get right with God and we can feel the presence of God ushering through and through us and through and on us and we say God whatever it is whatever I've done forgive me Lord whatever I've missed God give me another chance give me another chance if there's somebody I'm supposed to talk to and I missed it because I'm too intimidated and not because I'm ashamed baloney it's just because there's a spirit of intimidation sometimes and we're just reluctant we're just uh, whether we're shy you you ain't no more shy than me and I, and I understand that and I've had several times and I pray Lord give me another shot you give me another shot, Lord. I, I, I should have told him. I should have told him. And he'll give us another shot. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We, so we're enlightened how lost we are without him. We're cleansed by when we come to him and say, God, I realize I'm nothing without you. Wash me clean by your blood. Amen. So we see that now we're called. We're called into God's service. And I heard a voice, Lord, saying, whom shall I send? And uh, who, will, who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. Who will go for us? Who, who will go for us? Man, don't you wonder, man, I, the, the, the conversation that's going on around the throne of God. The literal seraphims that are hollering to each other. They're crying out to one another is literally what the scripture says. They are crying out to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And they cry back. Holy. Man. Woo, what an atmosphere. I say that he is holy. 
He is holy. And he has worked a way that he could work through us, a sinful, uh, uh, ungodly people. But because of the blood of Jesus and because of uh, our accepting him as Savior, now he can work through us. And we can have communion with, with God. And I'm, I, I want to challenge you. I'm going to give you a few biblical examples. And then I'll give you some personal examples uh, that, that I believe will help us. Uh, but even in the midst of this, you got to hear me out when I'm telling you he's reaching you. I can tell you stories of how he, is, uh, he has ministered to me through my life and arranged things that happen and put people in my life uh, that may be not on the verge of being obnoxious, but they're not going to take me saying, ah, no, never mind. They're not going to take me just saying, ah, I'm okay. I don't need to do that. Say, no, we want, you to, we want you to play, Dad. We want you to play in this competition. We want you to play. We think you do good. That's what then you do. And, and listen, I'll just say this part. God will place people in your life to encourage you. I'm not talking about flattery. I'm talking about encouragement. God will place people in your life at the same time that Shane and Lenny approached me, listen, there's this, you know, I had to get over the senior part. Senior talent competition. Senior? Come on now. Senior? You know, am I too old for the teen talent? I mean, so at the same time, listen, that God is working on them. And I say God because I'm not going to do that myself. I'm not getting to sign up. So Lenny signed me up. So Shane and Lenny, we work out a song. I didn't really want to go by myself either, and so they played with me. They accompanied, and we played. Now the whole eastern North Carolina Church of God knows that Pastor Shane plays the drums, and they know Lenny plays the keyboard, and they're good. You know. So we do that. And at the same time, this pastor named Joe Ferguson over in Lewisburg, a New Hope Worship Center in Lewisburg. I ain't never heard of it before, but it's an hour and a half north, Lewisburg. And he, he pastors a church. Honest to goodness, I'm telling you the truth. I learned this Friday because he and uh, so at the same time that they are pushing me to enter the competition, you know. At the same time, the Lord is beginning to speak to Pastor Ferguson, telling him, you know, or just putting the impression on his spirit, I, I want a sax player I, I, for their uh, appreciation banquet dinner for their church. I, 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 we gotta, I gotta have, oh, love the saxophone. Why don't somebody come in and play the saxophone? So they search around and they can't find anybody. They can't find anybody until they talk to the music board for the Senior teen talent, or senior teen, see, I'm, I'm dying to be a teen. Uh, the, senior, the, the senior talent thing, you know, and I, I, I did come in first. I mean, I, I, I did uh, against, well, we had two saxophones, two clarinets, and a, a harmonica. I never even knew that was part of woodwind. I'm not sure why, but it's part of the woodwind. Harmonica. He played Life's Like a Mountain Railroad, or he played some stuff. I, it was good. I liked it, you know. Um, 
But anyway, at the same time, uh, God's impressing on his spirit what he wants. He can't find anybody. The one he can find is not coming. He talks to David Kimbrell and, Kimbrell and, and the music board. My name comes up. Well, there's this guy that plays the sax. So they talk to Shane uh, out at the minister dinner. Uh, hey, you think your dad will come? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> so they asked me. So I, I, I'm not trying to bore you, but I, I'm telling you. So I went Friday night. I played Christmas songs that you only do once a year. I played four or five songs. It worked real good. And above, I went really, really, really good. And above all that, I, I made friends. I, I made a friend in Pastor Ferguson that we have a lot, of, a lot of similarities in the ministry and how we started and stuff. And, man, that just wouldn't have happened. You hear me? That just wouldn't have happened if we wouldn't have had all this beginning and God's working it out. Will you hear me? God's working it out. I never realized uh, how it was. Uh, I'm looking at the time. I got time. I never realized the significance when about 15 years ago, uh, Georgette was a dental assistant before she was a principal and teacher and all that. She worked in a dental field. She had a, a friend who was Dr. Susan Hawley. And I'm telling you the truth here. My from playing the metal mouthpiece in my sax for so many years, my, my teeth were in the shape of my mouthpiece, the top front teeth. Well, even 15 years ago, she uh, decided to do work for me. 15 years ago, it, uh, a veneer is $1,000 a tooth. Is that all? That's all. And I had 10 done and didn't pay because she donated her time for me because she loves her jet. So now, no, you don't, you don't get it. So I meet someone now who they can't play the sax because they got an accident and their front teeth busted out. And you, you need your teeth. So it hit me. Excuse me if I have a moment that I thought, God, did you do that for me? That you want to still hear me? That's my first uh, playing the sax before I ever even uh, tried singing or anything like that, um, I, it was the sax. I could play the sax. I could at least make it sound like the song I'm trying, you know. But I thought, I just, it, you ever get that impression and it hits you years later like, God, I, I think you were in that. I don't think that's by chance. You did that for me so that I could still play for you now. I'm like, wow, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this story, but I'm telling you, God is looking to reach you. There's something specific that he needs of you. And I know we think that we're all replaceable on one thing. I know, I know. Uh, but there's something maybe that only you can do and only you can reach this season, this time. He's preparing you, preparing your heart for you to be able to do something that only you can do. Are, are, are you listening? Paul's on the road to Damascus in Acts 9. He's called Saul then. 
He is called Saul until Acts 13.9. Uh, though a little bit that I looked it up, Saul is like his Jewish name. Uh, Paul might be the Roman name or whatever. So uh, he, he was all Jewish and on the council, Sanhedrin, all that kind of stuff. He was very much a part of all that. He's on the road to Damascus. Uh, and literally, God stopped Paul in his tracks. Stops him in his tracks. Horses go crazy, and he speaks to him. Saul, what are you doing? Why, why are you persecuting me? And it's Jesus speaking to him. God is speaking to him. Per, uh, and, the, you know, and we know Paul goes on to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Are you listening to me? Moses was tending sheep for his father-in-law, Jethro, and God got his attention by lighting a bush on fire, literally, and the fire wasn't consumed. And God didn't speak to him until Moses turned his head and wanted to see how that bush wasn't being consumed. And then God spoke to him and had, 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 had a job for him. God's got a job for you, I'm telling you. I don't care how old you are or young. God's got a job for you. God's got a job and he needs you in the right place at the right time. And he'll make sure that you get there. And even if you're not in the right place, the right time, like David, he's out literally tending sheep when the prophet comes to his father Jesse's house. And he started looking because the prophet knows that in this house is where we're going to anoint the next king. And so then he starts with the oldest and lines him up and he looks down. Nope, not him. No, the next one, a bunch of six, seven, I forget how many, a bunch of brothers, goes through the list, goes through them, looks to Jesse, David's father, and says, you got any other sons? I know I'm supposed to be here. I know I'm going to anoint the king, but it ain't none of these. So he, then, think of this. I'm not trying to add, but I, when I look at the story, think about this. The father never even thought to get David even in the house. Think about that for a minute. Overlooked and underestimated. Anybody ever been there? People over, uh, 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 overlook you, underestimate you, but God's got a different plan. God's got a different way. And so Jesse says, yeah, I got my youngest boy. He's out there tending sheep. Well, go get him. I guess. I mean, you say so. Goes and gets David, comes in and says, ah, this is the one. This is the one. You don't understand. If you've missed, uh, God's got a call on you to be a minister, to do anything, even not ministering, but to do a work and a specific job. God's got a call on your life. Man, you, he's going to get you to where you need to be. Even if you miss the latest prophetic conference, even if you don't even make it to the General Assembly so that you can rub elbows and see where somebody could one come on you uh, to speak, uh, it, it don't matter. Th this, that's David. And so God uh, sends for David. And he comes in. Ah, this is it. Knowing some king. And what does he do? He goes back doing what he was doing. No, that speaks to somebody. Come on. We don't have to make it happen. I, I know if you're an introvert like me, and uh, I, 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 that, that, that's me, it's, it's going to be easy for God because I ain't going to put myself in any kind of thing. If God wants me, then he'll come get me. And I, I please, I, you got to hear what I'm saying. I'm trying to minister to you for you. I, I, I felt the call. Of, let, let me back up. I played the sax. 
Georgette and I bought this little house. We picked, we picked it up for $15,000. Okay, it was late 80s, but uh, in Flint. Uh, picked it up for $15,000. She goes, uh, and she's always been led of the Spirit. She's always been the faithful one. I mean, the faith. I mean, faith. Just faith. You know, we need a church. Uh, anyway, that's another story. Uh, so $15,000, we can do the work. I tried drywalling. I did all kinds of stuff. She hanged pictures everywhere that I couldn't even make the wall straight. <laughs> it's so, so we, we and, but across the street, I noticed the church sign. There's a church right across the street from this little house on Lambden. And I noticed a sign, and it said Gary Ensley. I, I know a Gary Ensley. I know a Gary Ensley. We used to sell water softeners together. I sell water softeners. Anywhere there's bad water, I sell them a water softener. And sure enough, it was him. And I seen him walking in the parking lot. I said, hey, what's happening? Oh, just pastoring over here. Hey, great, you know. Why don't you guys come to church? Well, I got a church, but so I, uh, then I, uh, he found out I played the sax. I started playing the saxophone on a praise team. And then he, one service, he says, listen, just get up there and lead. You mean sing? <laughs> you mean sing? Yeah, but see, that's how God had to do it for me. If I would have thought about it, if I'd had a wake to theater, thought, I, I would have made excuses not to go. Did anybody ever hear me? I, I, anybody feel me? If I had the chance, I would have talked myself out of it. But I didn't have a chance. Come on, here we go. Just, yeah, you can play. If you, if you can uh, play an instrument, usually you can at least carry a tune for most people. Okay, so I, I sang, liked it, started leading praise and worship. That was my introductory into doing praise and worship, is that. And then I feel the call to be a, for ministry, like God is wanting to start a church. We had someone in the family that was obnoxious. No getting around it. He was obnoxious. He wouldn't let me just, well, no, I'm just praying about it. I'm just praying you know, you know, that, that's my way of just like, I'm scared to death. I'm, I ain't. So he knew, uh, he had a, uh, a friend, Pastor Turner, and Pastor Turner had a, a small uh, fellowship of churches that he was ahead of. And so the guy I'm talking about, the family member at the time, decides to bring him to my front door and knock on my front door. Hello, you know, of course you don't tell me he's coming. Hey, I hear you want to be a pastor. Yeah, because I got a building for you. Really? Yeah, I got a building for you. Ain't in a nice area. It's all in the, the state streets and, and Flint and uh, on Dakota Street. Uh, you know, I, but we went. Started a church. And that's how it happened. God knocked on my front door. Say, I need you. I'm, I'm going to minister to somebody right now. I'm going to minister to somebody that God's going to knock on your front door and tell you he needs you. You thought you could get away with it. You thought you could get out of it. You thought you didn't have to do it. He said, I need you. He's telling you, I, there's a, I, you, it might not be a church. Please understand what I'm saying. It's, you, I, there's somebody you got to talk to. They need a friend, and uh, you, you're going you're to be there. You're going to be there. You don't know it, but he's going to just set you rubbing elbows with the right person at the right time. 
even when it seems like you've missed it all. Will you hear me? Man, I'm telling you, God is awesome. He is doing that. He loves you. He's intentional. Uh, uh, man, Elijah's hiding from Jezebel, literally hiding from Jezebel, scared to death out of his mind, and he just defeated 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah, and Asherah is the Canaanite mythology wife of Baal. So that's how you get these 850 prophets on Mount Carmel that Elijah just blasts them. I mean, he ends up taunting them. But what happened that now he hears Jezebel's out to kill him and he gets scared? I'm talking about Elijah, the prophet that did this great feat. That's called the spirit of intimidation. And that's one of the things that Satan uh, tries to do. There's temptation, accusation, intimidation, deception, and division. Uh, uh, and intimidation, uh, Satan wants to intimidate. Intimidate. It's not you. They'll think you're stupid. They'll think you, you're, you're going to sound dumb. You're gonna, all these intimidating things. But God, break that spirit of intimidation. Bring people in our life to encourage us that says, you know what? You do sound good playing the sax. You sound okay. Just play for the Lord. And, and, and you do. You do sound good singing. Yeah, you, you're okay. Sound. Just give it to the Lord anyway. Give it to the Lord. I've heard people that can't hear carry a tune in a sound in a tin bucket. And when they get anointed, Pastor, I won't say his name, but I, I'm telling you, when he sang, the church got lit on fire, and it didn't sound that good. Shane's talked about a, a time when we were at Living Witness, and I heard a voice, and in the natural, it just wasn't pretty wasn't pretty and 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 I did kind of whoa what you know because it, it, it wasn't quiet then I seen who it was that just got saved and it was Uncle Terry quiet Uncle Terry and he got saved in praise the words of singing my perception changed my perception changed, and I began to cry because I'm like, Lord, this is you. You did this. You did this. You're going to reach people. They know you. They know you. We, we had all kinds of family members get saved. They knew me, my family, my dad. They knew my mom. They, they came into the church. Because they at least trusted we lived outside what we lived inside. Man, I'm, I'm speaking to somebody. Speaking to somebody. Please, uh, hear me. God's trying to reach you. He's reaching you. He does care about you. It may not be to play, sing, or, but he's got something specific that he wants to do. There's an assignment that God has been grooming you for. There's an assignment. There's somebody that you're going to be able to strike up a friendship or they'll be able to know how you live and they're, you're finally going to have an opportunity. It may not be overnight. You may have to convince them with just your life to begin with and then you'll have a chance. I'm telling you. Mm. Come on, we need the Lord. We need the Lord. I need God to speak. Speak years, years ago, we were very multicultural. 
had a multicultural church and the sisters would sing and speak, Lord, speak to me. Stand to your feet with me. Come on. God can still speak. He's speaking to somebody. Speak, Lord, speak to me. Oh, Lord, speak to me, speak to me. When I'm weary, speak to me, speak to me. Come on, somebody feel me. When I'm lonely, speak to me, speak to me. Come on, I long for the days sisters are crying, uh, wailing, and, and just travailing. Uh, the Bible talks about sounds that can't be uttered, and we're groaning and moaning. We're ground with, with sounds that can't be uttered because we're, we're, we're reaching God. We're, we're, we're reaching God because God's reaching us. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Can we just have a minute? I need you, Jesus. Will you just praise the Lord with me and, and tell him I need you? I need you, Jesus. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Bless me now, my Savior. I come, Lord, I come to Thee. Yes. Come on, will you, will you just say that to the Lord? I need Thee. Oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Bless me now. My Savior, I come, Lord, I come to you. Thank you, Jesus. He hears your cry. Here's where you're at. I'll share this with you because I think I can get it out and I can do this. Um, God is gracious and loving. Before Mike died, I was... And literally, my, I, as God is my witness, my prayer was, Lord, I, I, I want Mike to know that I love him. Family hadn't heard from him in a while. You know that because you, you've been here. Some of you have been here, and it will be on my heart at times, you know, because no one knew how to get a hold of him. And I, I, it honestly was, Lord, I just want him to know. Because we didn't have a falling out or not, and he didn't have a falling out with family. He just... I want him to know. I hadn't talked to Lisa in a while, but through all this, God is bringing Lisa back to the family, Michael, Andrew, Bailey, and God is just doing something in the midst of all this. I'm sorry it took this. But Lisa calls, uh, Georgette and I calls us, and we were driving. I pulled over. She goes, Mike's in a coma, and they're getting ready to pull the plug. He's getting ready to die. But his cousin Vic is there. And if you call this number, you know, because we, we think even in a coma, I think sometimes they can hear. I think sometimes they can hear. So I had the opportunity, and I'm crying the whole time. And I called the phone number because Vic was in the room with Mike, his cousin, 
And he put, I said, can you put the phone on speaker next to his ear? And he put the phone next to his ear. I Mike, this is Dad. I love you. I love you. And church, that's, tell him to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Tell him, Jesus. So, Mike, I love you. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins, man. Ask Jesus. I don't know if you did it already. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Later on that night, he died. Here's my point. A loving heavenly father allowed this father to tell my, my, my son one last time in this realm that I love him. Will you receive that? God loves you that much. He loves you that much. Now, it's been a wild ride. We, have, uh, we go through depression. We go through all kinds of stuff, and God is there for us. And in the midst of all this, we see him working. We see a loving father keep working on our behalf and for us. I'm telling you, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. I, I want you to ask God, Lord, have you been doing stuff specifically for me and I haven't been paying attention? I want you to ask God that. Have you been speaking to me and I just ain't listening? Have you been reaching and I've been looking in the other direction? God, what are you speaking? What are you, what are you doing? I want to know. I guarantee you, this stuff will come to your mind. The Spirit of God will come to your mind and be able to speak to you. You know this incident? That was me. Because that's what happened to me. It's been 15 years since I had the veneers done, and I never realized the significance that I would still be able to praise the Lord with my, my horn. Uh, that's, that's, I can't tell you how much that meant to me to think, God, you, you mean you did that for me? God loves you, I'm telling you. He loves you. Ask him to reveal. Lord, reveal it. I'll do it generically. If you pray it with me, Lord, reveal to me what you've been doing that I've missed. Reveal to me, God, how you've been speaking, and I wasn't paying attention. Lord, I, we go through depression. We go through thinking that uh, there's no purpose. We think that nobody cares. We think that uh, everybody's fake and everybody's a certain way. But, God, you've been showing me, and I haven't been paying attention. Show me again, Lord. Show me again. Speak again, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. Whew. Speak, Lord. Come on, speak, Lord. Here's my life. Here it is, God. Here it is. Speak, oh God. With the altars open, if you need prayer, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we never want to take it for granted. But I'm telling you what, God loves you. Thanks so much for listening today. I just wanted to put in a quick plug here. Please connect with us. So you can find us on Facebook at The ROC Ministry. Again, just connect with us so that we can stay in touch. And please like, subscribe, share with others if you feel blessed so that we can continue sharing these sermons. God bless.